It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, June 14th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight right here on ESPN 1400. We will recap and talk local sports the first half hour of the show. Joining us around 640, co-host and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis from Metro Detroit, who will give us a Detroit sports update in addition to our roundtable. Well, when we last met at this time last week, we were talking about three teams that were still alive in high school sports in the Eastern Upper Peninsula in softball and baseball. Well, we still have one team that is still alive. And really no surprise, the Rudyard Bulldogs softball team did win their regional this weekend. Morgan Bickle was on the mound for the Bulldogs, earning both wins in the Division Four Regional Softball Tournament at Rapid River. As the Bulldogs knocked off Norway 15-4 to in five innings in their regional semifinal and then won their third straight regional title by knocking off Ishpeming 6-1. to Bickle tossed a three-hitter against Ishpeming and held Norway to two hits in the regional final. Bickle had just given up one hit until the seventh inning of the regional final when Ishpeming freshman Peyton Mannanen doubled to center field. The Bulldogs would score their first two runs in the district, rather regional final on Brooklyn Besteman's single to center in the first inning. Rudyard would get their third run on Paige Postma's triple to center field and made it 4-0 on Bickle's single to center field in the second. Megan Postma scored the Rudyard's Bulldogs' fifth run on Sarah Bielan's single in the third inning. Bickle then made it 6-0 as Megan Postma doubled to score Bickle. The Bulldogs would finish the regional final with eight hits, including two by Megan Postma. Bickle struck out nine in the win and didn't walk anyone. Against Norway in the regional semifinal, Bickle fanned seven batters, walked none, and gave up seven hits. The Bulldogs did trail that game 4-3 to three in the third inning, but then scored twice in the bottom of the third to take the lead, which they would not relinquish. Rudyard then erupted for seven runs in the fourth inning and scored three runs in the fifth. The Bulldogs ended the regional semifinal against Norway on a Sarah Bielan walk-off homer to center field to take the win, and then they would win against Ishpeming, as I mentioned, 6-1. to 
Rudyard collected 18 hits, including three apiece from Bickle, Trombley, and Paige Postma. Beelin and Mayer added two hits each. Jersey Belleville had a triple, while Desta McDowell and Chesney Molina added doubles, while Bestaman and Megan Postma also had hits. And so Rudyard advances to their third straight quarterfinal. And that game will be played tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. in Rudyard as the Bulldogs will take on Hillman. We'll get to them in a moment. Now, if you want tickets for that game, go to the website gofan.co. Tickets are available online. I don't believe they will be having any ticket sales at the gate. So if you want to go to the game, you definitely want to check that out. And there will be a live stream available. I would check the Rudyard Bulldogs social media sites as far as where and when that will be. And so the Bulldogs to their third straight quarterfinal in high school softball where they will take on Hillman. Hillman, the winner of the regional in Inland Lakes over the weekend. The other softball team that was still alive last weekend, St. Ignis, they pulled off a big upset over probably tournament favorite Rogers City, six to five and 10 innings. Hillman won their regional semifinal 11-1 over Central Lake. And then Hillman knocked off St. Ignace 7-4 in their regional final. So again, quarterfinal high school softball in Rudyard tomorrow afternoon at 2 between Rudyard and Hillman. The winner of that game will take on either Holton or Portland St. Patrick. And that will be a semifinal at Michigan State on Friday at 10 a.m. The other side of the bracket in Division Four softball, Bridgman will take on Ottawa Lake Whiteford. And Allen Park Cabrini will take on Unionville Subwawing. So good luck to the Rudyard Bulldogs. And what a season it's been for that school. You go back to the fall, football, make the playoffs, volleyball team makes the quarterfinals. You also had both teams in high school basketball make the quarterfinals. The boys basketball team made their first semifinal since 1963. You also had some UP track and field UP champions in at that school, as well as some wrestling state champions. So great job by the Rudyard Bulldogs. And certainly the whole EUP and the Upper Peninsula, for that matter, is rooting for them tomorrow afternoon. In Division Three high school softball, no UP teams still alive. Nagani, who was 39-0, they lost in their regional final to Charlevoix. Charlevoix will take on its Standish Sterling at a quarterfinal tomorrow in Cadillac. The winner of that game will take on either Central Montcalm or Buchanan. The other Division Three quarterfinals in high school softball, Clinton will take on Riverview, Gabrielle Richard, and Richmond will face Shepard. In Division Two, Gaylord, we've talked a lot about Gaylord on this show. They knocked out defending state champion in Division Two, Escanaba, 6-5 to five in their regional final this weekend in Cadillac and won their first regional title since 1993 as Gaylord knocks off Big Rapids at 12-2. Gaylord advances to a Division II quarterfinal, which will be played at Cornerstone University tomorrow at noon, where they will take on Hudsonville Unity Christian. The winner of that game will take on either Wayland or Owasso. The other two quarterfinals in Division II softball, Chelsea will take on Detroit Country Day. And Marysville will take on Linden. And in Division One, Traverse City West, who also plays in the Big North Conference with Gaylord, 
Traverse City West, the team that beat Gaylord during the regular season, they advanced to the quarterfinals by knocking off Fenton 5-4 to four down in Bay City. They'll take on Granville tomorrow at noon at Central Michigan University with the winner facing either DeWitt or South Lyon. The other quarterfinals in Division I high school softball, Allen Park will face Lakeview and Farmington Hills Mercy will take on Macomb, Dakota. In high school baseball, well, there was one team still alive last week in high school baseball. No surprise, the Rudyard Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs did make it to the regional final after knocking off Pelston midweek last week, but they would fall to Maple City Glen Lake in a Division IV regional championship game in Pelston on Saturday. By the score of 4-3, Rudyard finishes the season 18-2-1 in a season that it started at 2-9. Lakers would score three runs in the top of the first inning and then made it 4-0 in the fourth. Rudyard would rally in the bottom of the sixth inning, scoring three runs. E.J. Suggett, Cam Peterson, and Tate Bestman all drew walks. The next two batters were hit by pitches and two runs scored. Aiden Bickle added an RBI single to make it 4-3, to three, but they had a runner thrown out at the plate to end that inning. Rudyard did have one last chance in the bottom of the seventh inning with two outs. E.J. Suggett hit a double to put the tying run on second base, but the Bulldogs could not get that run in as the next batter struck out. Brett Mayer and Suggett combined pitching duties for the Bulldogs. Suggett started on the mound and allowed four hits on one, four runs rather on one hit over three innings while striking out five and walking four. Mayer gave up two hits and did not allow any runs over four innings, recording nine strikeouts and no walks. Suggett finished two for two, while Bestman, Louis Mayer, and Aiden Bickle had one hit each. So another good, very good season for the Rudyard Bulldogs, coming very close to making it to the quarterfinal. While Maple City Glen Lake would win their quarterfinal on Saturday in Pelson as they Knocked off Gaylord St. Mary 15-6. to So Maple City Glen Lake is already in the semifinals, which will be played this weekend at Michigan State. They will take on MC Cardinal Mooney. The other semifinal in Division Four has Kalamazoo Hackett Catholic taking on Marlette. In Division Three, Gladstone was the team from the UP involved in regional action. They would lose to Everett. In the regional final on Saturday at East Jordan, 2 to nothing, Everett would fall in the quarterfinal to Traverse City St. Francis by the score of 3-1. to one. Traverse City St. Francis will take on Richmond in a Division III semifinal in high school baseball on Friday. The other side of the bracket in the semifinals sees Buchanan taking on Gross Point Woods University Liggett. In Division II, semifinals are set in high school baseball. New Boston Huron will take on Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And on the other side of the bracket, Stevensville Lakeshore will take on either Gladstone or Muskegon Oak Ridge. And in Division I, semifinals on Friday, Midland Dow will take on Portage Central. And Grand Blank will take on Birmingham Brother Rice. So those are the updated scores from high school baseball and softball. But we still have a lot of other local sports to cover, which we will in a moment. Coming up, we'll talk about Laker athletics along with the Sioux Greyhounds, Sioux Thunderbirds, and all sorts of other sports going on in the Eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma Re region.
All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service just off I-75 and Roger, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahinder tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargoes, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 6.15 on the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you flying solo here the first half hour or so of the show. We did have a guest scheduled, but due to scheduling conflicts, unable to join us. Hopefully we will get that guest with us next week. Coming up at 6.40, we'll be talking Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. We'll get us up to date on everything going on in the Detroit sports scene as we will transition that into our our roundtable as we'll be with you until eight o'clock tonight.
A couple other high school sporting notes before we get to Laker Athletics. All-District Baseball, eight Rudyard players were named All-District by the Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association. All-District selections from Rudyard include junior catcher Austin Warner, junior first baseman E.J. Suggett, freshman infielder Cameron Peterson, senior infielder Bradley Hall, junior outfielder Tate Besteman, senior outfielder Hayden Mills, senior outfielder Louis Mayer, and junior utility Brett Mayer. The area all district selections include the combined Division 4 District 99, which is Rudyard, Brimley, and Pickford, and District 100, which includes Inland Lakes, Pelston, Mackinac City, and Harbor Springs. Rudyard's Billy Mitchell and Pelston's Mac Sheck were named District Coaches of the Year. Those who earned all district selection are eligible to receive all regional honors, which are which is expected to be announced this week. Rudyard also had nine players who received academic all-district. To be eligible, the recipients need a grade point average of 3.0 or higher, and either a senior or junior. Rudyard's academic all-district honorees include seniors Austin Davis, Louis Mayer, Hayden Mills, Bradley Hall, Marlon Statton, junior E.J. Suggett, Austin Warner, Tate Besteman, and Brett Mayer. So congratulations to all those individuals, not just for their accomplishments on the field, but also in the classroom. Well, we are less than two months away from the start of high school football. Yes, it's only June, but believe it or not, tomorrow will be halfway through June. And before we know it, we'll be talking high school football. And well, many of the schedules are already out. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to go through some of the schedules and the teams and the games so you can start marking them down on your calendar. Certainly, we hope that this fall will be different than last fall when COVID-19, well, they played wrecked havoc or wreaked havoc, I should say, on the high school football season with the finals not played until January and several teams unable to participate, including the Pickford Panthers. So let's go through the schedules of the 211 player football teams that we have in our area, including, of course, right here in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, the Sioux High Blue Devil football team. Very successful season last season, making the playoffs, winning a playoff game. First playoff win on the road in quite some time. And you can hear all high school football games for the Sioux High Blue Devils over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO with Dave Watson. The Blue Devils will start their 2021 campaign August 27th at St. Ignace. After that, it's all conference games, including their home opener at the A.J. Van Sitters Field on September 2nd as they will host Tawas. They will also play on September 10th at home, taking on Kingsley. Then they will travel to Sheboygan to take on the Chiefs on September 17th. They will host Ogama Heights on September 24th, travel to Grayling on October 1st, home to Traverse City St. Francis. That'll be a big game, the senior night, as that will be the final regular season home game for the Sioux Blue Devil football team. That'll be on October 8th. And then the Blue Devils will finish on the road for a pair of games, October 15th at Benzie Central and October 22nd at Gladstone. St. Ignace, as we mentioned, they will open up at home taking on the Sioux High Blue Devils on August 27th. 
They will also be at home September 3rd as they will face Frankfurt, travel to Charlevoix on September 10th, and then the Saints will host East Jordan on September 17th. October 1st, they will travel to Johannesburg-Lewiston. October 8th, the Saints will be at Manistique. Their regular season home finale will be on October 15th against Oscoda, and the St. Ignace Saints will end the 2021 regular season at Harbor Springs. Next week, we'll look at the Rudyard Bulldogs and Brimley Bays as they have their eight-player schedule pretty much set. I think there's a couple teams that are still looking uh, to get a couple games in, but for the most part, those schedules are set. The 2021 Lake Superior State University summer sports camps are currently open for enrollment. This summer, Laker Athletics will offer summer camps for women's basketball, men's basketball, hockey, and volleyball. All campers will be required to follow LSSU's COVID-19 protocols while taking part in any of this year's summer camps. You can find all the guidelines on the website, lssulakers.com. The women's basketball camps offered are the Women's Elite Camp, which will be this week, June 17th and 18th for 9th through 12th graders. The Women's Team Camp, June 19th and 20th for girls varsity and JV teams. Women's Individual Camp, June 21st through 24th. And Little Lakers, July 26th through 28th. That is for 3rd through 6th graders. For more information on women's basketball camp, you can go to lssulakers.com or contact their head coach, Brandon Locken, at 906-635-2638. The men's basketball camps offered this year will be the men's team camp, June 26th and 27th. That for boys varsity and JV teams. The men's elite camp, June 28th and 29th for 9th through 12th graders. The men's individual camp, July 19th through 22nd, 6th through 9th graders. And Little Lakers, July 26th through 28th for 3rd through 6th graders. More information, again, go to lssulakers.com or you can contact Ted Stowe at 906-635-2607. Hockey camps will offer also be offered at LSSU this summer during the weeks of July 19th through 23rd and July 26th through the 30th. Each camp will be open to three groups, 8 and under, 11 and under, and 14 and under. And all hockey camps and information can be found at lssulakers.com or by contacting Zach Sizek. And finally, volleyball camps will be offered. The high school camp will be July 9th through 11th for 9th and 12th graders. The middle school camp, July 12th through 14th through for 5th and 8th graders. And the Volley Tots camp, like that name right there, July 12th through the 14th for ages 5 and 10. For more information, you can contact Dave Schmidland at 635-2143. Well, tomorrow night, tomorrow evening, I should say, right here on ESPN 1400, the June edition of the Laker Hockey Show with Bill Crawford, Matt Pocket, and head coach Damon Witten. We talked about the schedule release. Now, the full schedule is expected to be released in the next few weeks. I'm sure Coach Witten will have more to say about that tomorrow night right here on the Laker Hockey Show. But we do know that the Laker hockey team will open at home in the brand new, although it's old, brand new CCHA 
as they will take on St. Thomas, the newest team in the CCHA. The Lakers going from a 10-team WCHA to an 8-team CCHA. St. Thomas, the new team. You still have Michigan Tech, Bemidji State, Bowling Green, Minnesota State, Ferris State, Northern Michigan, and St. Thomas and Lake State as the eight teams in there. And so the home opener will be October 15th and 16th. That also great Lake State weekend. Obviously with last season and fans not being in attendance, was really tough for a lot of locals uh, not being able to see the Lakers in person. However, you could hear them, you could watch them online, but being able to go to the rink and seeing the games, it looks like we're heading that way. Certainly, uh, if you watch any of the sports we'll be talking about in the second half of this hour and hour two, you're seeing a lot of packed barns. And so hopefully Taffy Abel Arena will have fans. No official word yet, but I'm sure we'll have something on that. And again, Laker Hockey Show tomorrow night, 5 o'clock right here on ESPN 1400. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk more hockey with the Sioux Thunderbirds, Sioux Greyhounds, and Sioux Eagles. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson Compactor Utility Tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson Compact and Utility Tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? Come see a lender about a camper. Or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan products to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. And join CSB at the Road to Recovery Burger Bash, June 16th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. under the canopy at 511. Bingham Avenue. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you coming up around 640. We'll talk Detroit sports with co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports will get us up to date on everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports world. 
We got a lot to talk about there and just in general in what has been a very busy sports world. We'll have co-host David McKay Jr. with us next week to talk Sioux Ontario sports. So I'll carry the moniker for now. We talked a little bit last week about the Sioux Greyhounds draft as the Greyhounds adding a lot of new players to the 2021-2022 season. As in their first three picks, they selected wingers Marco Minagrosa of the Toronto Young Nationals under-16 team. They also took Justin Cloutier in the first round, a winger from the Ottawa Senators' U18 team. And in the third round, they took Ethan Montroy of the Cornwall Colts under-18 team. Greyhounds would select a pair of defensemen in the rounds four through five. In round four, they took Windsor Junior Spitfires defenseman Andrew Gibson. In round five, they took Blair Scott of the Kitchener Junior Rangers under-16 team. In the seventh round of the OHL Priority Selection Draft, the Greyhounds selected Detroit CompuWare 15s forward Charlie Lewinsky. In the ninth round, the Greyhounds selected defenseman Anthony Sierra Mataro. The Greyhounds used three picks in the 10th round to select Smith Falls Bears defenseman Ty Campbell. They would also take Oakland Junior Grizzlies 15s defenseman Noah Ziski, and they would take winger Connor Clattenburg of the Renfro Wolves under 18 team. In the 11th round, the Greyhounds went local by taking Sioux Junior Greyhounds defenseman Austin Fellinger. In the 13th round, the Greyhounds selected Ajax Pickering Rangers under 16 forward Zach Court. And then in the 14th round, the Greyhounds selected winger Owen Shore of the Huron Perth Lakers U16 team. And finally, in the priority selection draft, the Greyhounds would take EJ Paddington, a winger from the Thunder Bay U16 team, to wrap up selections there. But there's more as the Hounds had three selections in the annual Ontario Hockey League U18 priority selection. The third pick overall went to the Hounds, and they selected right-winger James Johnson of the Whitby Wildcats, Cats rather, under-18 team. In the second round of that draft, the Greyhounds added a goaltender in Colton Donaldson of the Burlington Eagles U18 team. And the Greyhounds wrapped up the draft by selecting defenseman David Brandis of the Don Mills Flyers under 18s. In a normal year, league rules would require teams to drop players from the previous U18 draft or move them onto a main protected list in order to make picks in the current draft because players from the 2020 U18 draft haven't attended camps with their respective teams, those players could be protected this year and have the opportunity to attend a camp. And it's not that far down the road. We talked about high school football earlier. Now we'll be talking about training camps and a tryout camp. As a matter of fact, we'll be talking about one coming up here in a moment. Well, the Sioux Thunderbirds, they continue to shape their 2021-22 roster as the Thunderbirds have made more signings, lots of signings. It's kind of hard to keep up with all these signings that the Thunderbirds have made. They have signed a pair of members of the Great North Under-18 League's Sioux Junior Greyhounds and defenseman Colby Fellinger and Creo Solomon. Fellinger, a 17-year-old, is coming off two seasons with the Junior Greyhounds. Solomon is coming off his first season with the Junior Greyhounds after spending the previous season with the North Bay Trappers minor midget team. 
The signings come on the heels of the team's team, rather adding two other junior players in defenseman Michael Beltrano and forward Samuel Lake. Thunderbirds have also signed defenseman Kyle Trottier and forward Kelly Olette of the Great North League's Kapiskasing Flyers and dealt Cameron Duzezic to the Timmins Rock. So look at this Thunderbirds team, a new ownership, or I should say new general manager in it, Jamie Henderson. We'll have a new head coach, Cole Jarrett, who will serve as the Thunderbirds head coach this upcoming season. As uh, former Sioux Greyhound and NHL star Trevor Daly purchased the right to operate the franchise uh, what, a couple months ago from local businessman Darren Schmiel. In recent moves, uh, 2002 birth year center Cooper Schmiel was granted his release from the Thunderbirds and went on to join the White Court of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. We mentioned a uh, couple other players there, star goalie Alex Bujea. He was dealt to the Powassan Voodoos for a player development fee. And we talked a couple weeks ago about former defenseman for the Thunderbirds, Connor Toms, now moving on to the OHL's Sioux Greyhounds. Between the pipes uh, for the Thunderbirds, recently signed Noah Metelvier, a 2004 birth year player, is expected to team up with fellow Sioux native Noah Zeppa a 2002 birth year player and youngsters and locals already signed for the Thunderbirds include Colby Fellinger, Creole Solomon, Michael Bertrano, and Samuel Lake. So the state of the Thunderbirds very busy right now as they prepare for the 2021 at 2022 NOJHL season. Speaking of a team that is preparing for a regular season, hopefully back in the NOJHL, the Sioux Eagles, they will be holding a tryout camp, an open tryout camp, on June 18th through the 20th at the Heartland Ice Arena in Lincolnwood, Illinois. During this session, skill session and team practice by Coach Feder Fedorov and Rick Mack, three games will be guaranteed. For more information, you can contact Bruno Bruganolo at 847-921-4543 or head coach Doug LaProd at 906-322-0748. Of course, the Sioux Eagles, who we carry their games right here on ESPN at 1400, hoping to be part of the NLJHL in the 2021-2022 season. However, the big uh, barrier, if you will, is the border closing. Now, I've been pretty pessimistic as far as when the border does reopen between Canada and the United States. Well, over the weekend, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. President Joe Biden talked about the Canada-U.S. border, but no deal was announced. Reuters and Canadian press both reported the meeting took place while Trudeau and Biden were in Cornwall great place. I used to live there for the G7 summit. According to Reuters, Trudeau spoke with Biden about coordinating measures at our borders as both our countries move ahead with mass vaccination. When asked about the vaccine certifications that would ease international travel, the prime minister said such measures are still being looked at by the G7 countries. Now, the U.S.-Canada border has been closed to all but essential traffic in March 2020. The current closure is due to expire on June 21st, and there have, has been a lot of pressure to reopen the border from officials in both countries. Uh, certainly, it's something living on a border town that I think a lot of people are for, especially with vaccination rates going up. I know Prime Minister Trudeau 
when talking about it a week or so ago, he wanted about 75% of Canadians vaccinated. Uh, they're quite a ways away from that. United States is is certainly getting to that point, but getting back to the Sweagles, you know, they need that border to reopen. Uh, the Both the Ontario Hockey League and the NOJHL, if they want full teams invested in their upcoming seasons, they need that border to be reopened. Now, there are some positive signs that that's a possibility, but again, kind of wait and see what happens right there because if that border remains closed through the summer and into the early fall, that's certainly going to pose a problem for the Sioux Eagles and the NOJHL, the Erie Otters, the Flint Firebirds, the Saginaw Spirit of the Ontario Hockey League. Now, we are seeing Canada make an exception for the NHL as far as the Montreal Canadiens who will be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights in game one of their semifinal. Games one and two are in Vegas, but Vegas isn't going to have to quarantine for 14 days as per the rule for anybody else that goes over to Canada. So it's one of those things that we're just going to have to wait and see as the Sioux Eagles, you know, basically it's up to Mr. Trudeau as far as if they're going to participate in the 2021-2022 NLJHL season. And certainly, as somebody that's been broadcasting for the Sioux Eagles for a while, and right here on ESPN at 1400, let's hope that is the case, because we want to see hockey at Polar Stadium, and we, we want to see a return to normalcy. Now, we are seeing that here, uh, not just with sports, but with life, with vaccination rates and you know mask requirements being lifted. Uh, all you have to do is turn on an NHL playoff game that's not in Canada or an NBA playoff game or a Major League Baseball game or an auto race or a horse race, and you're seeing things are getting back to normal. That doesn't mean we should just uh, brush aside all our uh, COVID-19 protocols, you know, in my opinion, people still need to, you know, be careful and take the proper precautions, but it seems like we're getting over the hump. And I hate to say seems like, because, you know, with this pandemic, you don't know what's going to happen, but getting back to my original point, as I went on rambling for five minutes, the border closure, certainly something that will affect uh, many teams and many people in at the Twin Sioux. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports as the Tigers in action this weekend at Comerica Park, uh, getting swept by the Chicago White Sox. We'll also talk about the Pistons, Red Wings, Lions, Detroit Grand Prix, and some really disturbing, a uh, couple different disturbing events that happened over the last few days, including Bo Schembechler and what his legacy at Michigan means right now and the Euros and the soccer. We saw just a horrific injury, a very scary situation in a match this weekend. We'll talk about all that and more with Butch Davis coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at 
the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Green Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Green Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit GreenMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Green Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Green Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargoes, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 641 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you and joining us, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports. Brand new edition from Sunday night, which you can find on his website, Simply Butch 2. That's too.podomatic.com. Butch Davis joining us once again on the game to talk about everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports world and the world in general. Butch, how you doing on this Monday night, my friend? I'm doing well, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Butch. Uh, just you and I for the rest of the show, and so we are going to do what we've done the last couple weeks is start with regional sports and then branch out to our round table, and we're going to start with the only team in action for in Detroit right now, the Detroit Tigers swept away at Comerica Field this weekend as they fell on Sunday, 4-1 to of the Chicago White Sox. Carlos Rondon going for his second no-hitter of the season for Chicago. Had it broken up by Eric Haas in the seventh inning. Tigers, though, uh, only winning two games on their homestand. Uh, now sit 26-39. and and they will travel to Kansas City starting tonight for a three-game set. You can hear that game right after our show over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO. Butch, the fans, they were let back in, uh, but they didn't see a whole lot of good baseball, especially this weekend. Well, as I was saying on the show there, what I saw was 
what I expected. You know, and yeah. I said that last week on the show. I didn't see no improvement in the in the crowd they letting in there. You know, there was no huge increase like I've seen at some of the other <clears throat> major league parks, especially if you're winning and whatnot there. But uh, it, it's a slight little sliver. But uh, one thing for sure, and and you did notice, and talking to some people in the crowd and whatever maybe, they want them this team to start winning, and they're tired of coming down to a park where basically they're coming in happy and leaving sad. Um, everyone can understand, you know, you got to build something to make a cake and make a cake nice and fluffy there. But right now the Tigers are doing more than fluffiness there. They're 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 the they're the end of the rainbow here as far as their performance there. Sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes <laughs> some kind of attitude there. It's just not hitting the fans too well there. Right now, these fans in the metropolitan Detroit area and around who are fans of the Tigers or Detroit sports in general, they want to see some winners there. And they're, they're, they're just tired of spending their money when there's so much else to do, especially with this pandemic uh Seem like it's coming to middle ground here. There's a lot of other things other people can be doing besides spending the money at uh, America Park. Butch, I'm glad you brought that up, and we'll get to, to a little more on the Tigers here. But my uncle Steve, uh, who's a big uh, baseball fan, uh, lives in the Metro Detroit area. He went to a game this weekend, and his first trip back to Co-America, not very positive. Uh, you know, Co-America Park, not allowing any bags, purses, foods, beverages, uh, no cash accepted for purchases. He said uh, he had to make two trips back to their car to return stuff. And, and you know, I understand, you know, COVID-19 has changed some things, but, uh, you know, by his accounts, and I take his his word pretty seriously, uh, it doesn't sound like it was a very fan-friendly ex- uh, experience for him. No, and that is a complaint uh, around the Detroit area as well. That you know, you know, the the promotional departments, uh, and I speak for the Tigers in general. Just being that we're on that subject, there, they don't do a very good job. They'll they'll express to the media what we need to bring in, how we need to conduct ourselves. And et cetera there. But as far as the fans is concerned, the park is not, you know, and I'll say this, you know, hopefully complimentary. This park is not suited. And in, in, in this case, a lot of parks are not suited for dealing with now the fan that is, uh, uh, maybe extra want to be extra healthy, or the food preferences that you give them. When you walk in the park, it's not about peanuts and popcorn and cracker jacks anymore. <laughs> it's about being able to live when you get out of the doggone park and don't drop dead with a heart attack because you ate something you had no business doing. And it's, it's not friendly in that regards. There, the bags and 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 carriages, and most people bring those bags in there, you know, for. Maybe uh, maybe a special food or a special something that they had to bring in for specialty purposes. And right now, you don't see the sensitivity in the matter of the fans of what they can and what they cannot do there, you know. And uh, I'm sorry that, that your uncle went through that, but, you know, again, you know, we can only preach to them they need to do a better job in getting that to the general public. I know there's a couple of events that – the Tigers game before they opened up the season, I went to one of them out there in the park that I used to live 
maybe five blocks down, and right down the street, maybe a block from where I used to go to school at. And I kind of wonder myself is that you put you put something here and it's great, but how many people in the other cities surrounding this area know that this is going on? Because it would have been a justifiable, not a riot per se, but a lot of kids in the neighboring areas had that opportunity to uh, to endure what they were given away, which was plentiful there. But again, you kind of ask, what ch children were really missing that they could have took uh, homage into something they do. So, no, they don't do a very good job of that. I have a personal story I can give, but I'll do that at a later time. Sounds good, Butch. And, you know, in addition to all that, you, you, you know, you're paying pretty top-level prices just to go to the game, and then you're seeing the product on the field, which is, you know, subpar at best right now. Uh, General Manager Al Avila quoted last week as saying he's keeping an open mind for the trade deadline. Granted, we're still a month and a half away from the trade deadline, uh, but, you know, Avila said we have to be open-minded on anything that can make us better as we move forward. Obviously, we still want to continue to win as many games as we can. That's really important to us, but at the same time, we can't ignore the fact that if we have a trade that can make us better for next year and maybe for the rest of the year, we've got to consider that. And certainly the Tigers have traded away some very good players. I like your comments last night on Nick Castle. Castellanos now playing for Cincinnati. He's one of many uh, very good players that are now enjoying success. Uh, you know, from a general manager's perspective, Butch, uh, what does Al Avila need to do to try to, you know, to get this ship steering in, in somewhat of a better direction? Be a lot more sensitive to what the fans need to see right now, winner. Yeah. They're tired of hearing the excuse that, you know, we're rebuilding, re retooling, or whatever it may be. <clears throat> How long do it take, you know, for you to retool when we've seen teams in order of a year, you know, retool their trust? And I don't mean in trades and bringing the younger talent up that need to be brought up as of now. Torkerson and another young man uh, got uh, promoted up to uh, the AAA, okay, uh, area, okay? And the thing about it is, Torkelson and the other individual we're talking about, and I'll get his name in a few during the break, those guys were high draft picks. Uh, uh, let's see. I think it's Dylan somebody there. I forgot his last name here. But anyway, why are they going through this hoop and ladder when maybe – these kids are ready right now, okay? And why wouldn't you not give, put the investment in, letting these kids get the experience right now because I have to watch the veterans, some of them that you're not going to, they're not going to be around, okay? They're going to be somewhat uh, a, a feather in the cap on somebody else's team. Uh, Grossman is one that, you know, is very attractable to other teams. Number one, he's under contract for two years. And the Tigers can trade him, and the other team don't have to worry about no muss or no fuss. It won't be like he's they're giving up someone who's a free agent next year. And those are the things, or the men or the players that most other general managers look for, okay? They, they look for that no muss, no fuss. And someone who's coming very easy, contribute, uh, very good in the locker room. Tigers have those, but again, you know, I just want to see them do their very best. You know, if you've got young kids that are doing halfway decent right now, I don't care they're in single way. Bring them up 
and put the pressure on the people who are here right now that they got to do better or they got to go. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but we got to see some improvement and, and some diligence on, on, on that merit there. I don't think I have any complaint on A.J. Hinch right now. No. But there's a lot of um, media people, uh, you know, really looking at uh, Alaville and how he's constructing this uh, rebuild together. Butch, around Major League Baseball, division leaders in the AL East, Tampa's over Boston by three games. The White Sox lead Cleveland by five and a half. Oakland continues to lead the AL West uh, over Houston by two games in the National League leader division leaders rather the New York Mets St. Louis is tied with Milwaukee or excuse me Chicago's tied with Milwaukee in the central and San Francisco continues to lead the NL West so no real seismic shifts as far as Major League Baseball this past week your thoughts no no thoughts at all here really and truly you expect what you're going to get right now it's not going to get exciting to have the all-star break as we know because then you know and then next month again the trade uh deadline will be approaching where I'm quite sure there's many teams who feel that they can make the playoffs due to its you know, expansion and all. It's going to be a, a, a nice little ride for them there. And there's, a, there's a lot of teams that right now are very talented. Uh, right now, maybe just now, going to hit their peak. And, and some is going to fall down to the ground there. So it, right now, you, you look at the standings. I'm more or less looking at right now uh, consistency, and I see that in, uh, in a many teams. We don't hear about Oakland with a dog on. We don't hear about San Francisco, mainly because a lot of people in here on the East Coast uh, you know, just you know, they're transferring for their teams, and, and and likewise. But I get to watch those West Coast team, and and they're missing the diamond in the rough when it comes down to some good uh, players that are doing things the right way, and they're winning, and they're no one fancy on the team, but they seem to rise to the occasion and and, and play the game the way the game ought to be played. Right now, I don't see that out of Detroit Tigers right now. Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, let's move on to professional basketball uh, with the Detroit Pistons. They are awaiting their lottery fate as they have the second best odds at the number one pick, uh, which will be uh, dispersed here over the next couple weeks. There was some news last week as assistant general manager David Minchberg and the Detroit Pistons have parted ways. Uh, Minchberg was hired by the Pistons last July. He was general manager Troy Weaver's first addition to the front office and fulfilled multiple responsibilities within the organization. Uh, that's all the news I've gotten on the Pistons this last week. Uh, anything from your end? Very quiet. Other than John Beeline being hired right. to more or less do some institutional instructions, and mainly that that is for looking at the kids right now that can come into a pro setting and basically learn the ins and outs where they can develop a lot more quicker than what the um, parent talent we got right now is not doing there. So I don't know if that's a request from the, the head coach right now, uh, uh, Casey, or uh, Troy is, uh, uh, is uh, wants this to be somewhat uh, a tool that can be used, or you know, I don't know if it's from the owner. No one has really came out and said, 
why these particular changes are being made and the business are not breaking their neck and doing any press conferences as well. So we'll keep our ear to the fire on that because I'm quite sure there will be some more changes for the business to be made these upcoming uh, weeks there. Butch, uh, Dave Watson joined us last week on the roundtable, and he texted me this over the weekend and wanted to bring it up. Uh, say the Pistons get the number one pick, and say somebody like Damian Lillard, who potentially could be available, was involved in a trade offer for that number one pick. Is that something the Pistons should look into? Now, I don't know if that would happen, but just just say a big-name player like that for a number one pick. Is that something the Pistons should pull the trigger on, in your opinion? It would be, number one, a player of great need for the Pistons that can make them better right now with the core players they have. You know they're not going to get rid of any guards, okay, right. unless those guards, again, go in a particular trade. See, like Hayes is being very uh, student, is being the, uh, now the leader, um, some other players as well. I don't have a roster in front of me there because we don't know who's who or what's what. In the next, I'd say, in the next month or two, what's going to transpire there. But, again, you also, the Pistons have a, um, a D-League team in Detroit starting next year, this upcoming season. They'll be playing right down the street from them in a brand-new building at Wayne State. Uh, they're going to have the pick of the chicken not making a mistake. And spending money, and Damian Lillard, if he was to come to the Pistons, he's going to demand a lot of change there. I don't want to see the Pistons get a player that basically cannot perform or don't perform the Blake Griffins, and I can go down the list with the Reggie Jacksons and a whole lot of other players that will be the savior of the masses and actually does nothing for them but give them an opportunity to be traded to some other team where, again, those particular individuals I just spoke of are, you know, Luke Kennard is another one yeah. there, okay? I'm I, 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 reaping the benefits of the playoff checks that they're going to receive versus the business who get absolutely nothing. Butch, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour break, and when you and I come back, we still have a lot to talk about in Hour 2, including the NBA playoffs. We'll also look at the Detroit Red Wings, NHL playoffs, Detroit Lions, Detroit Grand Prix, uh, Bo Schembechler, French Open, Euros. we got a lot to talk about, and we will talk about it all in Hour 2 of the game, coming up next here on ESPN 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. 
The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compact or utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan products to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. And join CSB at the Road to Recovery Burger Bash, June 16th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. under the canopy at 511. Bingham Avenue. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400 and online at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Scott Nason with you for hour two as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports as we talk regional and national sports for hour two. And Butch, we left off with the NBA and the NBA playoffs. Let's talk about that first in the East as yesterday afternoon, Milwaukee evened up their Eastern semifinal series at two games apiece as they topped Brooklyn by the score of 107 to 96. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 34 points as the Nets, already playing without James Harden, saw Kyrie Irving go down to injury with a sprained ankle. And this just in this afternoon, both Harden and Irving are out for Game 5, which will be Tuesday night in Brooklyn. Uh, Butch, it looked like after the first two games, uh, Brooklyn was going to make uh, pretty quick work of the Milwaukee Bucks, but they certainly got themselves in the series. And uh, with the, two of the big three out for Brooklyn, it's going to be pretty tough for the Nets. Your thoughts on that series? Yeah, that thoughts on the series is very well illustrated here. The Bucks are in trouble here. And if they don't win a series with all the hoop line that's been given to that particular team for the last two years, uh, they're going to be talked about like a dog here, you know. And then, you know, here's the road because, again, you, you feel you got to do things for the public or blame somebody for why it's Certain things are not happening in a positive frame of mind. Brooklyn is in, uh, they got some players that can perform or whatnot. You, you know, that means that Blake Griffin, he's going to get a little bit more time off the bench there, you know, to, uh, bring in his annex and whatnot. Uh, uh, it, I don't know. That This is, uh, right to me right now, is an even Steven kind of particular thing there, you know, with uh, the players Brooklyn have now. I know those two that are missing, 
with them in the lineup and they're consistent and doing what they uh, normally doing during the season, uh, this uh, this series is probably over. Okay, it's safe to say that, but it's not. So it's going to make things very interesting when these two teams get together on Tuesday night. Yeah, it certainly will. Uh, Brooklyn, they're going to need somebody like a break Blake Griffin or uh, Brown to step up, uh, yeah. you know, because they're having two guys. And I think Milwaukee, they need good games out of Middleton. I think he's the key to that team. When he plays well, they seem to win. But, you know, Giannis is going to get his points, but, you know, they, they need some contributions from those players. Uh, Butch, the other Eastern series uh, is going on tonight, game four in Atlanta as Philadelphia now leads that series two games to one. Uh, your thoughts on that series? Obviously, Atlanta I think woke up Philadelphia in game one, uh, but I think Philly with that late rally, even though they didn't win the game, they started to get some momentum, and they're showing at least right now that they're the better team, at least leading the series. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> We have seen some ugly things happen before there, but uh, again, it, it's very hard to, to, to track that particular series as well because, again, you have uh, some teams there, uh, Atlanta, Philly, there, uh, putting bringing up surprises there. If Philly, if they're going to be damaged by maybe not having a player or two or, or their big man in the, in, in, in the, in the play, it makes it very easy for for Atlanta to kind of manipulate them, okay? And Atlanta like a good team. I think it's going to be a little bit more physical series than it has been, especially when it comes down to dealing with Young there, okay? They have not been physical with the guy. He has had his own way. Uh, they, they're going to have to do something to make him pass the ball, and make other uh, players uh, join in the celebration and get to points where, again, uh, they have to put their concentration on somebody else. I'm still looking at Philadelphia to uh, kind of pull that series out. But, again, I have been wrong. As have I, Butch. Uh, and I was wrong on this series in the West. Uh, Phoenix, they got the brooms out last night in Denver and swept the Nuggets, winning game four, 115 to 118. Chris Paul can't say enough about what an influence he's been on that team. He scored 37 points. Devin Booker, I mean, he scores points every night. He had 34. He had the MVP, MVP uh, Jokic, get uh, kicked out of the game. Uh, I think a questionable call there, but nobody was stopping Phoenix in that series, Butch. They look good. It looked very good. And I tell you, you know, anybody who says right now they know who's going to be representing in the NBA Finals, they're crazy. Yep. Here, man. Nobody knows anything anymore here, man, because just like we saw the game last night with Denver getting out of town by sundown, and uh, <laughs> and the play that I saw that basically they called a, a T2, it's, it's, I don't know. I, Jokic got kicked in the, in the teeth with a freight train there, okay? Yep. And um, I'm just sorry to say that. It's, it's a sad day there for that particular there. And then, you know, I didn't see a, a T2. I saw a T1. And basically, to say that um, 
the player meant to hit him in the nose? I don't think so, but again, his actions speak louder than the words, and we saw it on videotape where, where his hand uh, grazed his nose. Apparently, not to the, the other player, it was grazed. It was hitting the ground kind of action there. He kind of sold it very well. and uh, You know, again, the, the officiating, I really, you know, again, I always watch in a series like that. It, it it makes things very, very dull. I'll put it that way there. Because you're spending time and scratching your head and going through these replays. And, again, do it make sense? Do it, I mean, we'll cover the game for Denver yesterday. You know, they seemed like they were coming back, and they did, okay, to a certain percentage, but not to get over the hump of what was going on. Denver will take on either Utah or the LA Clippers in the West final, Butch. Utah leads that series two games to one with game four in Los Angeles tonight. The Clippers were down 0-2 to Dallas. They came back. Uh, to me, Butch, tonight is must win for the LA Clippers. Yeah. With that franchise, they get down 3-1 to a very good Utah team. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, this guy is just consistent every game. They did lose game three, but uh, pretty much uh, all chips are on the table for the Clippers, in my opinion, Butch, they don't win tonight, they're done. If they don't, they, it's going to be very hard for them to show their face in another arena and it'll be hot as a firecracker in there, okay? Yeah, you are very much so right on that one. Moving on to the Detroit Red Wings, Butch, uh, now that the Stanley Cup playoffs are down to the final four team, the draft order for the first 27 spots has been finalized. Uh, the Wings, uh, of course, we talked about last week getting the sixth pick in the upcoming draft, but they have a second first-round pick thanks to general manager Steve Iserman's trade deadline deal with the Washington Capitals, and that pick will be at 22. The first round is July 23rd. The spot would have been at 23rd had the Arizona Coyotes not violated combine testing in the 2019-2020 season. So we talked a lot, Butch, about the Wings having a lot of draft capital this year two first round picks I think they have 12 picks overall certainly uh, the Wings need a very good draft this season uh, please if they're going to empty the hole which I expect there are going to be some players that are not going to be there from last year I don't care how popular or uh, how much it means to a lot of media people for them to have them there they're, they're going to be missing some people there uh, again, uh, the Red Wings are in the same position right now. I think the Red Wings are a lot better. If I've got to look at a product right now, a lot better than maybe the Pistons or maybe the Lions, per se, because you have a Steve Eisman who, again, recognized talent and know he can go in the, in the backwash of uh, going in uh, Grand Rapids to pull the players off. Plus, uh, the limited amount of play they gave taxi members that basically when they did have a chance to play, they were big factors in the, in the team with the few wins they got uh, received. So I think Steve got some good moves. I think management knows where they want to go right now with this particular draft. You, you, you cannot walk away from this particular draft and not have someone who may can be brought up or be given the opportunity to play Major League Hockey, okay? And it, it would be, it would be, you got too many picks to fix some holes. And don't 
tell me you can't find something that some other team may need where you can get a need that you can make a positive impact for your season in general. That's where I'll be looking at with the Detroit Red Wings. Butch, moving on to the NHL playoffs. Game one in the Eastern Final yesterday in Tampa. The New York Islanders topped the Tampa Bay Lightning by the score of 2-1 to one as Simon Varlamov made 30 saves. Matthew Berzel and Ryan Pulik scored the goals for the Islanders. Game two is tonight, or rather tomorrow night in Tampa. I'll tell you what, this Islanders team, a lot of fun to watch and I'm very happy for their success because of their coach Barry Trotz who was I think uh, unceremoniously uh, not kicked out of Washington after winning a Stanley Cup and all he's done since he's been on the island is give the Islanders playoff berths and right now the Islanders uh, Tampa series that that's going to be a knock them out drag them out kind of series uh, what did you think of game one so it was pretty doggone well there you know uh, I'm looking forward for the Montreal Canadiens and the, and uh, the uh, Vegas tonight there because I think that's going to be a very hard knock series. Um, which is the, the one that we saw in the East there? Well, basically they didn't, it didn't take them but a hot second to get a, get the whole fire going there with the fights and all that other good stuff there. So I'm enjoying. National Hockey League uh, playoffs. In, in first of a long time, I've always did enjoy it. But again, as far as the sense of playoffs go, where you're going to see a lot of action, and hopefully not to see no players get hurt, but you know, play hard and and stocky hockey there. Uh, boy, you can't beat it right now, there. You know, I I watch that game, and, and again, I enjoyed the hits. But again, the hockey, the play was clean. You saw the skill play where it was needed in, on the defense, and you saw offensive players, um, uh, you know, challenge the will of the goaltender and made it very exciting. So again, two to nothing game, not too bad. But again, the, the hockey game in general. Was was a very good thing to me. Both teams performed pretty doggone well. Yeah, it's going to be a wild Western series, Butch, with Vegas and Montreal. And you and Dave Watson were right last week. I was on the Avs bandwagon and picked them to win the Stanley Cup. And Vegas lost the first two games and then win four straight. And the other thing I think, unlike the NBA, you don't have head-to-head matchups during the regular season because teams only played each other in their division. So it's kind of hard to gauge how good Tampa was how good the Islanders are and Montreal and Vegas because the teams didn't play each other. And what I like about this Vegas-Montreal series is you have a polar opposites as far as hockey tradition. Montreal with, what, 26 Stanley Cups? And maybe I'm off a few on that one. I know Vegas hasn't had a Stanley Cup, but they've only had a team for, what, three years? So that that's pretty, pretty yeah, pr- pretty interesting. Very successful. And this is where, again, I, I enjoy this tremendously. If someone tell me you can't build a team with good players who want to play together and want to play buy into the head coach or the, or the manager who's behind the uh, behind the bench, don't tell me you can't make one. There's a lot of excuses. Maybe that's why I'm so hard on teams in Detroit because it can be done. When you mean, what are you doing between twiddle your thumbs or, or making an excuse or cry on the public? To uh, to 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 feel sorry for me and and give me a break, you know. Montreal with the tradition, they haven't stopped fighting, you know. They have had some lean years up, up there as well, but again, they still could 
continue to pump out the t- talent. They go after players. Petrie is one of them, okay? Uh, I know Dan's going to probably sneak out of town by sundown <laughs> to get in Las Vegas to see his son. Uh, I know that for a fact. And, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to be fun to watch hockey and see who uh, end up representing uh, the two teams for the Stanley Cup. That's going to be pretty doggone good. I can't, you can't lose either with Vegas or Montreal. And in the East Division, the way they have right now with statue. Butch, we're going to take a break here on the game. When you and I come back, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions as we know their preseason schedule. They also had a mini camp over the last couple weeks and talk about more things going on in the world of sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service just off I-75 and Roger, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 718 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports in Metro Detroit. 
If you want to hear the full two hour of the show, you can find it around 8.30 on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We put all our shows on that website, including the Game Sports Show from Sioux, Ontario, Butch on Sports, and lots of other sports content, all free of charge. Butch, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Uh, We did find out their preseason schedule, just three preseason games this year because the NFL now has a 17-game regular season. The Lions will be at home to start the preseason in uh, just about two months, August 13th, as they will host the Buffalo Bills. They'll travel to Pittsburgh on August 21st and then host the Indianapolis Colts on August 27th. Uh, As far as Detroit Lions news, Butch, that's about all I found over the past week. Uh, What are you hearing? Well, basically right now they're going through... uh voluntarily OTAs there where um, I'm understanding over half the players went home to take care of personal business or otherwise there may be rest and you got a slew for younger players that's the majority of the players who are sticking around are, are in camp getting the personal instructions from the coaches and all they can only do but so much they can't you know bust each other's brains out or do like that, but they can get very abreast of the playbook that they're going to have to use and the certain amount of schemes that they're going to have to develop in order to be uh, be on the fast track of being able to play or be a starter there. Um, I'm just hoping they, they, they do some tremendous things because, again, I guess I'm on this this trip tonight here that right now we haven't seen no successful teams in Detroit. And although Dan Campbell uh, speaks very enthusiastic about the job he has and how he wants the players, and you're here, I haven't been to camp yet. Well, I'm waiting for the actual camp to, to rise until I see some real fighting and some real excitement in the camp, the way camps ought to be there, for players to go after each other's brains and, and try to get a winner spot on the team. But right now, absolutely not too much of anything, but those things that uh, those younger players sticking around to uh, get two leads or instructions and maybe know the playbook a little better. Butch, the Detroit Lions organization, in my opinion, needs improvement in many areas, obviously, on the field. But as an organization, in my opinion, one of the biggest areas of need is transparency. And I think that's something that's been lacking with this organization, certainly in the years that I've been involved in radio and working with you. And just as a general Detroit Lions fan, now you have a new general manager, you got some new people involved. In your opinion, is that something that this organization needs to improve on? And have they so far? Accountability yeah. is what they're, in my, in my judgment, they need to improve on. And this is a lot of phases of that organization. I mean, from the top, all the way down maybe to public relations, you know, and and on to the players on the field there. You know, it's like business as usual. They get their check every two weeks, and la-di-dee, la-di-da, okay? Yep. And, again, people are not going for it anymore. Things are tighter where basically, uh, again, through this pandemic, we find out that a lot more things are more important than uh, the scream and, and, and to – make judge of the Detroit Lions or any other team because, again, there are a lot more important things. But, again, if the Lions want to be at the forefront, they're going to start, stop using hype as a way to engage fans and to uh, 
paying for their football team there. And I think people are getting used to it. People are now a little bit more knowledgeable. And I hopefully they'll earn the trust of these fans who are paying for tickets now. And I know Detroit Tigers got a whiff of it this weekend here. But, uh, again, and, and respect the fact that they got to do better, okay? they got to do better in what they do and how they do it. And, you know, the little guy has just as much right as the big guy. And we got to stop it. You know, the Lions are one of those teams to distinguish major networks or the buzz as being the, the thing on how the team will run. But, again, when a, a writer comes in from Sault Ste. Marie or Traverse City or parts unknown in the state of Michigan and need to invest time and know about the Lions and have a, the right to know or get gas or whatever it may be to get some clarity of what the team is actually doing, it's a lot of improvement has to be made on that. Indeed, Butch. Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, over the weekend, the Detroit Grand Prix was run, and uh, Pato, or Pato, I'm not sure his first name, award uh, became the first repeat winner of the 2021 NTT IndyCar Series this season as he won the race. Uh, attendance was down this year, uh, down uh, average around eight to 10,000 spectators from Friday to Sunday. That was about a third of the attendance for the 2019 Grand Prix. Uh, Butch, your thoughts on the Detroit Grand Prix? How did it go? And your thoughts? Well, I guess to have the particular ordeal to go, <clears throat> I I guess people are happy with that. You know, it did go. It, you know, other than the major car wrecks or things you saw in the race or the lesser fans, uh, I guess that's a, a positive that uh, they can go forward and get back things to, that's another um, series of things that people used to go to, that it was nothing to know that maybe over 100,000 fans for the three days the local public is invited, you know, wouldn't break their neck to just be a part of it and whatnot. And so with the Grand Prix to be in the way that I give it a B, you know, and they did what they had to do there. Now they got to win back the people who, were not able to get in that park this year who wanted to be there or, you know, in order to get them back. Because I know they don't feel very, very welcome right now as far as their availability or the regular fans' availability, which, by the way, tickets went up for that particular, too. And whoever got in that park, they paid a pretty penny, okay? So... <laughs> It's going to take a while for them to win, win back the Metropolitan Detroit fans and get it back to that 100,000 people who pass through those gates and come in that park and, uh, and do their thing every uh, once a year. Butch, last week, uh, big news was made by a couple former Michigan football players uh, last Thursday. Uh, these two players, Dan Kwiatkowski and Giovanni Johnson, uh, had a press conference uh, talking about uh, some abuse uh, that was uh, laid upon them by 
by former Dr. Robert Anderson and how they believe they could have been spared from the assaults if Coach Bo Schembechler had addressed complaints uh, that they raised about this doctor. Uh, both players said they tried to warn former Michigan coach Bo Schembechler about Anderson's abusive treatment and were ignored. Uh, this goes along with uh, last Wednesday, uh, Bo Schembechler's son, Matt Schembechler, said he was sexually assaulted by Anderson while just 10 years old. Uh, according to Matt Schembechler, when he told his father what happened shortly after his uh, after the his appointment, the coach told his son he didn't want to hear about it. Bo Schembechler then put his hands on his wife, Millie, and punched his son in the chest. This according to Matt Schembechler. Uh, you know, we've had this news uh, over the past few years, of course, with Michigan State Butch and uh, Larry Nasser, of course, the Penn State situation. This one hasn't really gotten the uh, national attention maybe that it deserves, but certainly uh, just overall just an awful situation. Uh, and certainly the, the the legacy of Bo Schembechler right now is, is certainly in question. I wanted your thoughts on that. Oh, boy. Tough <laughs> subject. Tough subject. Bo is bullish and how he carries himself with the general public as well as the media at large. He don't mind being very expressive and how he approached the game and how he wants his players to take take interest in the game as well. Oh, when I heard about the punching and the grabbing and whatnot there, you know, it, it, you know, I don't, I think right now a lot of people are holding back, and, and including myself included, to see how much of this information is credible. You know, why has it took so long? And this is both been dead over, I think, 15 years or something? 2006, now? yep. Okay, uh, give or take. And I used to work uh, Michigan Replay where I had to deal with Bo every week uh, when I was going through my internship at uh, WXYZ in Detroit. Uh, and he was the nicest guy he ever wanted to meet. And again, I had uh, Titus with him before, you know, coming out of high school. And Michigan was one of the schools that invited me to come and check the, the campus out and everything there. And, of course, things didn't go the way that I felt they should go. But, again, very decent about it. it I, I'm just looking at right now how many more people are going to come up I would like to ask the president, why did it take you so long to, to get where you're at right now versus the Larry Nassau situation? You see, like, when it hit the fan, especially during Olympic time, yeah. and that's when uh, these things, uh, the, the, the conversation elevated. And, again, this is Olympic time where basically, you know, this is the, this is the joy. Is he doing it because it's true? Is he doing it to get money? You know, we haven't heard financially how this particular person is doing. A whole lot of questions that they would question those young ladies who uh, picture the connection about Larry Nassar, the same thing. So I'd just like to see what went on, how it went on, how did it get so long ongoing where they, somebody else had to know that this particular individual, the doctor, has been uh, going after a uh, young man or, or women. 
University of Michigan, Butch, in response to this, uh, came out with a statement saying we condemn and apologize for the tragic misconduct of the late Dr. Robert Anderson, who left the university 17 years ago and died 13 years ago. We are committed to resolving their claims and to continuing the court-guided confidential mediation process. And and I'm with you on that one, Butch. It's it's a tough situation. I mean, for these individuals to come forward, certainly, um, you know, even though later on, uh, certainly took a lot of courage and, uh, you know, with, with Bo Schembechler and his son involved, just going to have to wait and see, uh, you know, like you said, if, if there's more individuals that claim this, then there's certainly, uh, there, there's certainly a problem there. Obviously there was a big problem with this doctor by all accounts and cer- certainly something that just, it, it's, it's just a disturbing, disturbing story in general. Well, the disturbing thing about it is again, this is Bo Schembechler's son. Yeah. It would not take him but a hot second to get to other media or or, the, or or anybody, you know, in, in news, being that he's bulging back with his son, to get this message out, you know. And, you know, it's hard for me to digest when the, the news media will say, turn that back, because they would not have, you know. They would basically brought this to the forefront, maybe while he was still living, so... My question is, is why has he stayed silent for so long? Butch, let's move on to the Euro soccer competition. Uh, obviously a big story over the weekend that we'll get to in a moment. There were some matches played today. Uh, I'm wearing a Scotland shirt, and, well, Scotland took it on the chin today against the Czech Republic 2 to nothing. If you happen to watch the highlights of that game, watch that second goal. It's absolutely unbelievable. Already the goal of the tournament. Other matches today, Slovakia upsets Poland 2-1, to one, and Spain and Sweden play to a nil-nil draw. But, Butch, the, the big news over the weekend, and I was watching this match live, uh, Finland, first time ever in the tournament. Obviously, a lot of Finnish blood in me and so I was very excited and interested to watch their match against Denmark and then this happened. Uh, Denmark midfielder Christian Eriksen uh, collapsed on the sideline. It was literally the scariest situation I have seen watching a sporting event. Um, it, you know, it took several minutes uh, to get him resuscitated. Uh, his doctors, the team doctor, said he was basically gone after uh, suffering cardiac arrest before he was resuscitated. The good news is uh, right now, Erickson, who's 29 years old, is in stable condition after he was taken to a hospital in Copenhagen. Uh, unbelievably, they played the match about 90 minutes later in Finland won, which we'll get to in a moment. But that situation there, Butch, I got to tell you, that really affected me watching it. I don't know Christian Erickson, but just to see that happen on the field, watch it live and just hear the spectators, you know, silent, uh, the, the team players crying I, I i'm i'm man enough to admit i was crying watching it because it was a very disturbing situation but thankfully thankfully those team doctors and medical personnel got out there in time and basically saved his life uh your thoughts on that did you see it and what did you think well i've seen a couple of dealings uh one on thanksgiving where uh and they're both detroit lions uh the chuck you saying uh kind of Passed me out the most there because that was a, a game that you're, you're young and it was a late game and to see that happen and then finally you're missing, you're gone. 
it's not a good feeling. And again, uh, again on Thanksgiving, where one of the Lions players—I forget his name—he uh, did survive that. Okay, but Mike Utley. It was just, you know, it's too much to bear. I know on the 32nd minute mark of the game, I. Ran an errand. I came right, it was right across the street. I got back home during, uh, I guess, the 43-minute part, and I'm seeing these players surround this particular individual there. I didn't know how bad he was or hurt or anything. You can tell. I, then that was on ESPN, but immediately, and as I said on my show last night, I turned to BBC, and they seemed to be, know everything and everything that was going on. They spared no no minutes or no sensationalism to this particular story. They got everything right, and they made you feel that, you know, this is your son, your daughter, or, or anybody who's in this predicament. They're letting them know to the point of, from the time uh, they got to the locker room out to the hospital and um, and then show pictures that his, his eyes were blinking, but he was conscious, uh, they kind of gave the right uh, story. So I felt a lot better before I turned the TV back to ESPN and they uh, shocked him, you know, did their thing in getting information to the general public. So it, it was... A, Pretty nice little feeling that I had sense enough to you know, switch my channel to find out what really went on. But again, uh, it, it puts into the sensationalism that you put to these matches right now. That basically, uh, if ESPN spent a lot of time on the MH, uh, MHL or, or the league in the United States, but we would have a better situation here. So I, I, I liked it, but again, you know. The fans, I give a lot of credit for. Very knowledgeable, knowing what the heck was going on. Social media, I know a whole lot of them have phones and whatnot where they got to know at the minute of what was going on and how the fans responded to it. It made it's one of the nicest things. You we we talk about how many people throw bottles and spit yeah. and act ignorant at a ball game or any other sporting event. This is one of the feel-good stories right now that you can carry on for a very long time. Yeah, a couple more things on that, Butch. The captain for Denmark, Simon Jar, he did amazing work. He was right by Erickson when he fell to the ground uh, face first, and he was uh, cognizant enough to turn him over uh, with risk of possibly swallowing his tongue before medical personnel got there. He was responsible for getting the players to surround Erickson while you know, CPR and everything else was being uh, being distributed as well. When uh, Erickson's wife came on the field, I think that's where right. I that's where I lost at seeing that. Mm-hmm. And one of the endearing images to me is when he was carted off the field. He had tarps that were put around him, uh, you know, to sh- you know, to shield him from the fans. And in the back, there was a big Finnish flag. So one of the Finland supporters gave their big flag, and I thought that was just very very touching as well. And, and 
and really the other thing about that is the fact that Denmark, you know, went on to play that match, which, uh, you know, I have big questions on. Uh, players have expressed dissatisfaction at the position they were put in. Basically, UEFA, who is the governing body of this competition, offered the players uh, pretty much two options, either resuming the match uh, shortly after the incident or beginning on Sunday at noon. And uh, goaltender Kasper Schmeichels said that basically we were put in a position which I personally don't think we should have been put in and Finland ended up winning that game, which really seems insignificant right now. But watching that second half, Butch, I mean, Denmark, they're a much better team than Finland and, and they weren't there. And in my opinion, I don't think they should have put in the position to be there at that time. Well, it shouldn't have been at this point in time in, this, in, in, the, in, the, in our world right now. Money is a big thing here. And yep. to tell a bunch of fans, hey, go home. Uh, we can't guarantee that you'll be able to be let in the park tomorrow because there's one person or many in the <clears throat> upper shalot of uh, executives there say, we can sell tickets for the next day's game to piss off a lot of fans who had to go home. I guess that that was the top priority with that particular decision. I know someone had to coerce someone or uh, a many to go on with that game because I I can I can think of both teams as much emotions that was spilled on that. It would take them more than two hours to kind of freshen themselves up and, and, and be ready to. Uh, to be on even board, I'm quite sure both teams were not on even board when they hit the when they hit the as they say the pitch, you know, to uh, continue that match. I know how long it took me, Butch, uh, getting over that uh, in the afternoon. So I can only imagine what the players went through. Uh, finally, Butch, before we go to break, uh, teams that have gotten off to really good starts in the Euros: uh, Italy, they won their first match three to nothing. Uh, Belgium also with a three nothing win. England, a team I root for, they got off to a good start as well as the Netherlands and matches tomorrow, Butch, the big one, three o'clock defending world cup champion France against the former defending champion Germany. That one is going to be a barn burner. I wonder who stocked that game up there. (laughs) The group of death, the group of death. Butch. That's right. Butch, we're going to take our final break of the show. When you and I come back, we will talk more in the world of sports, the French open and whatever else comes up on the round table. All coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. 
The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compactor utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinner's of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan products to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. And join CSB at the Road to Recovery Burger Bash, June 16th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. under the canopy at 5 Bingham Avenue. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 742 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. Programming note, don't forget tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1400, we'll have the June edition of the Laker Hockey Show with head coach Damon Witten along with Bill Crawford and Matt Pocket. As we continue our roundtable, Butch, the French Open Finals happened this weekend at Roland Garros. I'm going to do my best on the women's final, Bar- Barbora Krejcikova topped Anastasia Pavluchnikova for her first Grand Slam title. And then yesterday morning, I know my dad, Butch, is listening tonight. Uh, Him and I were texting back and forth between uh, each other on this this match, rather, as Novak Djokovic dropping the first two sets to the younger Stefano Sitspapas. He ended up winning in five sets, his second French Open and his 19th Grand Slam title overall. Uh, Before that, he knocked off Rafael Nadal in probably one of the best tennis matches I've ever watched. And I didn't think Djokovic would have enough. But boy, this guy, he may end up being the best all-time tennis player for men ever. He's pretty close to it now. But Butch, did you happen to watch any of the French Open? And that Djokovic, man, you, you get him down, you better bury him because he'll come back. Uh, I saw a wee bit of it, not enough to kind of wet my whistle. I saw it when he was behind two sets there, and next thing I knew, the guy had won the doggone thing like an hour and a half later here, you know. <laughs> but, you know, as they say, that's tennis. Tennis was not all that, when the Osaka uh, incident occurred, it kind of pulled me back a little bit there because, again, it, it deals with sensitivity toward uh, the players or the media or maybe the fans. Or, I don't know. And it, it just, it just is not a, you know, it just didn't excite me. Maybe the, 
maybe because it wasn't on a major network, uh, that was another thing. You had to go to Fox or uh, or maybe ESPN early in the morning to see the matches and whatnot. Um, it maybe it was the It was very difficult to watch some of the matches when you had other things uh, that were pending there. But I saw what I saw, and I guess it's for the French and. Open, it was successful again because they were able to get out, get it off. Where we didn't hear a bunch of incidents via via COVID there. Which let's talk a little bit about that Naomi Osaka situation. We didn't get to it last week, but uh, she withdrew from the French Open early after citing anxiety issues and bouts of depression. Uh, after that, she had been fined fifteen thousand dollars for bypassing a news conference. And the French Open, who and officials who received a lot of criticism, well deserved in my opinion, on how they handled that situation. Uh, they defended the fine and threat of expulsion that led to the four-time major champion withdrawing for mental health reasons. Uh, the head of the federation, Gillies Monteron, said, we did it the right way. We did it all together with the slams. We had to do it. We, d- we did the right choice, even if you feel like we shouldn't say anything regarding Naomi. And where my eyes were opened on that, Butch, is when F- Roger Federer withdrew, for health reasons, French Open had no problem with it. They didn't say anything. They didn't threaten fines or anything like that. So to me, there's a double standard, and it shouldn't be because mental health, physical health, as you know, in the field I work with, they go hand in hand. And so I think the French Open really, really uh, did a bad job with this. Yeah, and I think uh, a pissy job goes to Naomi's uh, management staff. She could have went out there and said, the fluid, I'm here. Because I don't want to be fine, and don't answer one question. Right. And and but you know when you got good people ahead of the fact, the the, the let you know this is how you gotta handle it. You know you can walk away from a lot of things. And in in her uh, defense, she has a right to not want to be interviewed when certain things are not in her favor. Okay, I I understand that point. Plain and simple, you know, for the. French officials or whoever doing that particular match, forcing people to have to come out there and do that, uh, I think that's pretty bogus, you know. It, it, you know, it's, it's just not right. But again, uh, those words I just gave you, I'm here, but I don't want to be fine, should have been the answer that uh, Naomi gave to every question that was was was. was Posed to her, okay, and let them know that you know I I don't want to be. Then you could catch me at a better moment, okay. But right now this is not the time, and that should have been acceptable. And she should not have been fined fifteen thousand dollars for just to run them out when she's not comfortable in doing so. Come on, that's a joke. Butch, uh, WWE uh, will be going live here in July as far as uh, being uh, with attendance and crowds uh, for their weekly shows. And uh, you mentioned last night on your show that the WWE is coming to Detroit. Tell our listeners about that. Uh, They're coming to Detroit on a Sunday evening, boys and girls, on August the 1st, 7 o'clock start. It will be the version of the WWE Super Show. Oh, Super you know, Show. <laughs> okay, and that's why me and uh, the WWE said I gotta find out 
What the hell is going on in Detroit where Monday Night Raw could not be on the schedule in Detroit? Of all this, all the programs that should give Detroit uh, 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 high fives and give them that much, uh, it seems like Vince McMahon took the short way out and come in on the Sunday where basically kids are getting ready to go back to school. It's going to be a tight wide on money concern. And again, we don't know what's upcoming, okay? So uh, it, it just didn't feel right to me, you know, how they did that, okay? But again, if they wanted Detroit on on that market for a Monday Night Raw, if there was no scheduled performance at Joe Lewis Arena, that's what I'm going to be researching. I'm going to be very mad at that because that Detroit deserves that that billing there. Butch, it was announced on Thursday by the college football playoff a proposed expansion of the size of its field from four teams to 12 teams. Now, this isn't anything official. This is proposed, but this certainly would uh, be, in my opinion, a big step for college football. You and I and everyone on the show have talked about this over the last few years uh, and certainly would give a chance uh, for the, you know, the, the smaller conferences, if you will, to uh, have a team in there like last season, a Coastal Carolina or a Cincinnati. I don't know if this is going to happen, Bush, but they're talking about it, and I guess that's a good thing. Well, here's the deal here. It's going to have to happen within two years. If they don't do it, college football is going to be in a wreck. As a stand right now, most players who go to college right now don't stay there for a year and a year and a half. They can get out of it and go to the draft. So college football is not going to be as pure as it once was. You're going to get those jack-all-trades and a master-of-none type of team to come out there because the teams normally stay together longer or have the most cohesion there in the coaching staff. There are going to be a lot of teams other than those name teams that are much better than those particular teams, like, for instance, Michigan, who basically uh, flipped the flipped the building on Appalachian State and all these other, you know, any team that go in there and they're ready to play, hey, on a particular day, hey, Wayne State can go into Michigan and beat the crap out of them if they got the right team and the right personnel to deal with that there. But the NCAA got to recognize that. I said it because, again, the way it's being done for teams that have to play 12 games, seasonal games, these are on their rec on this thing before they go to the playoffs or anything else, and you can't pull them back to have a proper playoff where we can get some legitimate teams that do deserve to be there. If they're not known, the SWAC conference, for instance, is another a complaint that many people are making these days of representation towards uh, pro of uh, the, the pro teams as well as college. Uh, in general, there there's no room for error when it comes down to to keep everybody included in this matter. There, so they got to do a better job of representation there when it comes down to playoffs. Butch, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, the College World Series was won last week by Oklahoma, uh, two two to one uh, in a series over Florida State, and the College Baseball World Series will be beginning uh, next week. You have seven of the eight teams already in nc state stanford arizona vanderbilt texas virginia and tennessee notre dame and mississippi state will play tonight uh your thoughts on that not a big college baseball fan but i'll watch some college world series here and there 
that that's done pretty well, pretty decent. Okay, I guess that's the basis for why the the football sector of the NCAA can't get this stuff together there. But that's been pretty good there. Uh, Vanderbilt, of course, is one of those favorite teams that you look at every single year. That's uh, always in the running. Mississippi State and Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is the underdog in this particular because I'm quite sure that Mississippi State, with all the experience they got there, man, and uh, going to the playoffs and also the World Series, is going to be favored in this particular game. But I enjoy that. And, you know, I'm, I can't wait for that to start. I think it starts uh, a little bit uh, the early part of next weekend or next week. Correct. Okay, yeah. And. We'll see at that point in time how they seed them up and how they move them out. And when it comes down there, you lose two, you're out of there. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. We got about six minutes, so we can take our time with this. Uh, thumbs up to Danish captain Simon Jar, as I mentioned, with the situation with Christian Eriksson. Uh, he is a captain for a reason, and he certainly showed leadership skills in developing, or I should say assisting with what was a just an awful situation and thumbs up to the medical professionals, not just uh, for team Denmark, but all around the world and locally and throughout the state and country for all the athletic trainers and team doctors. I mean, they don't get a lot of publicity unless something like this happens. Of course, for me, it's it's very vested to the heart as my wife, Becky, is an athletic trainer at Lake State uh, dealing with uh, athletic injuries and such. And so thumbs up to all the medical personnel out there that helps with not just sports, but in general. Thumbs down uh, to UEFA for having that match uh, completed about 90 minutes after that awful incident. I just think that was the wrong decision. It should not have been that fresh for those players, for both teams, to go out there and, and have to deal with something that they've never seen, uh, a fallen comrade in, in in Denmark's case. And so thumbs up to that, or thumbs uh, down to that. And, and thumbs down, we talked about it with the French Open and, and how they dealt with the Naomi Osaka uh, withdrawal with the fines and the statements. And when Roger Federer withdraws because of uh, physical health conditions. Uh, he gets a pat on the back. Uh, thanks for playing three matches. Not the first time there's been a double standard in tennis uh, with men and women, and certainly, unfortunately, probably not the last. Butch, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. But tennis got to get it together pretty soon, quick, fast, and hurry. Because there's too many times these complaints are that and golf, okay? That yeah. is too many times complaints that have been rendered on gender in this particular case. Uh, thumbs up to Brad Stevens there, the Boston Celtics, brand new general manager that we didn't get a chance to talk about this evening. But the big news is in the NBA is that there are three women that are going to be interviewing for the head coaching job of the Boston Celtics. Wow. Yes. Uh, Kyrie Lawson is one. I think Becky Hammonds is another. And Don Staley, okay, is another one that they're looking at. They basically just come in and pick their brain on, give them the opportunity to, to to say why they want to be a coach of a men's basketball team in the in the National Basketball Association. I think it's cool. Uh, it's long overdue. Those are very capable coaches. Uh, Kerry Lawson uh, is the one I uh, I um, have. Uh, 
greetings and whatnot, salutations with, because I do have a number and all there, and I haven't called her yet because of what's going on there, not to pressure her or anything there, but I know she did one heck of a job with the Boston Celtics when she was with them in order to get the job at Duke there. Uh, thumbs down. You betcha. The French Open there and how their, their mistreatment of players in that particular uh, uprising there. I think it stinks to high heaven uh, and something needs to be done. A lot of things need to be done in this world, but it seems like people want to put their feet on the ground and do absolutely nothing until something happened to the one of theirs. So, you know, hopefully this, this gets corrected there because sports can't be this way. And a local thumbs up to the Rudyard Bulldogs softball team. Again, they will be in action tomorrow in Rudyard, 2 o'clock for their Division Four quarterfinal against... Thumbs up to the girls' track team at uh, Sault Ste. Marie there with the second-place finish in Division One in the UP. Yeah, show it out on Butch on Sports, which we definitely oh, yeah, appreciate. Butch, we got about a minute left. Uh, what's on deck for Butch on Sports? Back on your normal Wednesday-Sunday slot. What's going on this week? Well, I'm going to do some investigating, of course, here with not nothing much, but the uh, MHSAA there. They haven't been saying too much here lately about the schedule upcoming this fall, but again, uh, give some attention to right now some of the champions as lacrosse is coming close to their finals, baseball is coming close to theirs, and we'll go up. To, I'll spend the majority of the show and go through uh, what's going to be happening upcoming here uh, in sports news in the MHSAA. I haven't done it in a while. Uh, I'm going to give it some attention uh, on this particular show. We look forward to that. Again, you can find Butch on Sports on the website Simply Butch 2. That's too.podomatic.com. Or you can find his editions on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, appreciate you joining us on the show, and we will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game, sir. Yeah, hopefully the Tigers can win some ball games and some good things happen in the city of Detroit. Uh, sports teams, uh, the pro ones especially there, we can talk about some good some good stuff coming up there besides all this crap that we've been going through. Certainly would be long overdue. Butch, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Alrighty. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the game. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show or any past shows, you can find it right around 8.30 for tonight's edition all on thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We will talk to you next Monday for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show.